Sorry, so. Hey, Larry, good to see you again. Good to see you too, Trevor. When was the last time we saw one another? September, right before the hurricane. Right before the hurricane. Yeah, it was yeah, down I here. I think so. Was I it September? So. No, no. No, it was, no, it was I, before that. I was what, down Nam? here. Some, it was I Nam. Think the last time I saw you was Nam. Yeah, it was Nam. Right. And then I was here and couldn't get here. Couldn't couldn't see you guys doing yeah, that yeah, September. Uh, th- yes, things got a little haywire. Yeah. So... But, but Nam, that but, was a blast. Yeah, I, and you're ready for Nam again this year. I am always ready for Nam. April this year. April. That's so, a little different, but l- yes, a little different. Uh, they're working their way back. <laughs> I think that's what they're doing. They're working their way back to to what, June, April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like next. I think next year is, is normal. Is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do the Nashville Nam again though. I um, think n- not this year, but I think next year in 2024, I think Nam Full is back. I oh, believe all right. Summer Nam and Winter Nam is back then. Sweet. I well, believe. Well, I'm excited, and uh, yeah, we've we're, we're doing a lot this year with Nam uh, Studio Zine over in uh, Germany. Oh yeah, uh, we're we're going. Okay. Uh, I think that's July 7th and 8th. So, and then oh, uh, dude, I'm in. We're. Uh, I think I'm in. Uh, I'm in Germany in France. From June eighth to at least July eighth, and I might extend it for. Wow, oh, where well, in Germany is it? Mannheim. Um, yeah, I th- I think that's it. Okay, yeah, I'm, right. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm, pr- I'm I'm pretty sure, but I don't, might pop in if I'm there. On that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris, uh, Ryan, and Ian will be going over there. Okay, I uh, I was, I I spoke to my wife about it. I said, hey, I might want to go to this, and she just looked at me. and She goes, if you're if you think you're going out of the country without me, you're out of your mind. And I was like, all right, sounds good. Maybe next year. <laughs> so, but then we'll be in AES also in October up in uh, New York. Okay. So if you're around, you know, that's where we'll be. But, Is that uh, at the Javis Center? Yes. Yes. We did our la- our first one last uh, end of last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird saying the end of last year now. So, uh, but like, happy new year to you. Happy new year. You know, 2023. So, um yeah. Uh, so why don't you catch us up about uh, what's been going on with you? Like, I know you've been a busy guy as from what I've been seeing. Uh, I have been traveling a little bit. At the end of the year, I finished um, opening shows for a friend of mine named Steve Vai. Great guitar player, great musician. Very. And, uh, and his awesome band. I did, I played solo though, but, mm. but um, I went on the road and uh, my friend Katie Martin, you remember? Yes. We did a show here once before. Yes, she is around here somewhere. She's around here. Uh, she, thankfully, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, last minute, she said, you know, I could come on the road and help sell merch for you. And I was like, uh, do I really need a merch? Oh, yeah. And she, she actually was at the first show that I opened for Steve in Atlanta. And uh, she took over the merch and, and rocked it. And then awesome. she came on the road with me and rocked the whole thing and uh, even sold a, yo- a broken yo-yo for 40 bucks. Wow! Yeah, she painted. She she painted on it and oh, made the value spe- increase. <laughs> spe- yeah. Well, I, I, you 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 left us a yo-yo last time you came through. Oh, that's um, right. I bring. I bear no gifts. Which uh, no, that's okay. No that's offerings. Okay. That, that's that's okay. We are still decluttering. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are we are in the process of throwing things out and everything. So uh, we don't have the space just yet. Okay. But, but soon, soon mm-hmm. we'll have the space. Uh, so, uh, so how was how was tour? Like, wh- like wh- how was the crowd reaction? The reception? It, it was amazing. Yeah, um, I do have to say, in, in beginning, um, 
a lot of times they, because we got added, I got added to it last minute. So a lot mm-hmm. of people had no idea what was going to be there. Oh. And including the venues. Oh. <laughs> wow. show up and they're like, what? There's no opener. I'm like, yeah, there's no opener. So they go up the chain of command and find, all right, you're right. Over yeah. But um, so in the beginning, I went on like as soon as the doors opened. And uh, uh, it took a minute for people to realize that I was actually like a part of this. And then, so there were a couple of times where, um, I would start playing the show and there would just be a few people in their seats and there'd be a bunch of people in the lobby and then they look in and then all of a sudden by the end of this first song, they're, you know, they're all yeah. coming in. Yeah. But then um, uh, about the third show in, I think it was that Steve came to me and goes, do you want to jam? And I'm like, sure. And uh, so I would open my, sh- I would open the show to a, a 30 minute set and then I wanted to get off the stage and run to where Katie was set up and, and meet people and, talk about merch and sell merch and stuff. And then uh, I'd come back and hang out and Steve would bring me on stage and we would jam, which was a blast. I always loved jamming with Steve. I mean, he seems like a fantastic, well, uh, I've never met him, but uh, he seems he like is. a killer. Well, first off, like I, I have, I have uh, attempted to play guitar with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm not, I'm not the best with music theory just yet, but I'm working on it. Neither um, am I. Neither oh, yeah. am I. So, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I look forward uh, to jamming again with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, eventually. Uh, not, not today. Um, you know, I, my, my chops aren't up to par right now, but. Uh, Just have fun. Oh, it's, what? That's, that's the, that's the, that's the goal, right? Yeah. As long as you're having fun, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Music, music is meant to so. be shared. It doesn't, has nothing to do with chops. Oh, yes. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I play bass on a feeling. It's weird. Uh, it was not weird. Okay. I, I guess that's how a lot of people would do it like that. So <laughs> this might this might be B roll right here, uh, <laughs> but who knows? This might be great content. Um, but uh, yeah, but I've seen the likes of you and met you and like how you play. And one of the things I love about your playing style is the fact that you utilize the whole entire neck of a guitar. You go through and you go down, you go, like like just ev- you're all over the place. Got to hit all the notes. Got it. Yeah, you got. It. <laughs> they're, they're there for a reason. Sometimes people don't want you to hit all the notes, but no, no you gotta hit but, all the notes a couple of times. But uh, <clears throat> but uh, the the one thing that I just uh, love about you though is uh, again like it is you go you, you you take advantage of the whole entire neck and but also every time you're playing. Your smile does not leave your face. Like you love it. You love what you're doing. I do, and I'm happy to be playing. I'm I'm happy any day I can get up and play. Yeah, uh, any day I can get up and play, and somebody wants to hear it. Yeah, that's even more more exciting. Um, so I, I'm thankful, and, uh, and I'm you know I when I'm playing, there's no nothing else I'd rather be doing. So that's that's my smile. I would I would love to see. Do you have like any footage of uh, you and Steve playing? I do. Oh yeah, I do. Oh well, uh, maybe maybe we can like add it to this. Just like maybe like uh, sure. If if you if you got it, you know, just just to see, or maybe a photo. I don't know. Like, but I I want to see you guys go up against one another. And I got video. uh, Sure. Yeah. When I jam with Steve, it's not like a competition. It's uh, because I I've jammed with Steve quite a bit. I teach at his camp, Mm -hmm. and I've taught at um at the Vi Academy three years, three the Vi Academy four, five, and six. Oh, all right. And um and I've gotten to jam with Steve a bit. I've jammed with him at, at other at clubs and stuff. Yeah. And it's al- it's always a blast. Yeah, yeah. Usually he just turns to me. This this was the first time it was different. Um, usually, he, uh, if I know I'm gonna jam with Steve, because a lot of times I don't know, 
but I, when I've known I was going to jam with Steve, uh, he'll say, all right, yeah, we're going to do this song. We're going to do White Shade or Pale. I'm like, okay. So I learned the song or get on stage. Steve looks at me and he goes, yeah, just start something funky. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Uh, just putting you on the spot. Just, just watch it. It's fine. That's my yeah. thing. I can do that. Yeah. Just, just play something. You know, make your groove, whatever. And then we start jamming. That's this particular time on the tour. We actually, uh, it was semi like that. Uh, when he brought me up, we played one of his songs, but then they twisted it and turned the song, so it was a bit of a jam. Oh, that's bit cool. Of a, like you know, it's like yeah, we're just gonna have this semi freeform. You know, bluesy rock thing oh, for a minute. I I really miss that. Like a uh, like seeing bands do that live. I don't. Maybe I'm just not seeing the right bands live. Like <laughs> it could be that too. Um, but for a yeah, minute so, there, I I thought that uh, improv was a dying sport. What? Oh, sorry. I, I, I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> you, okay. just, I think yeah. so. For for a minute there, I oh. thought that improv was like a dying thing. Yeah, because remember, seventies was all about the improv. Um, you, you played I mean, the song, and you get to the end of the song, it's mm, like yeah, it's going to be like, doing something different. The eighties was very structured. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't even I don't know how to even describe the nineties, but uh, the nineties seemed like it was trying to break some rules mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. and just be uh, maybe not like it was still structured, but to me, it was. In a more controlled chaos, yeah, controlled chaos. Mm-hmm. That that would be exactly what I would think. So mm-hmm. controlled chaos. The '90s felt like just everybody was just trying to figure out who the hell they were. Yeah, like even if you were already established, mm-hmm. like you were still trying to figure out something different, something new, or whatever. Maybe you're bending your genre just a little bit. Well, yeah, um, '90s were confusing because, like, uh, in the eight, '80s, late '80s. Uh, it was terrifying to be a guitar player because you had to start at Eddie Van Halen and you had to be yeah. like Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. <sighs> yeah. And you had to know all this theory and all, there was all these clinics and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then Nirvana came out and said, screw that. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it brought a, an, an essence of rock and roll that I think had been missing. Like, I, I love it all. Oh, but it, um, it's coming back too. Like yeah, that grunge like, sound is. Well, even, all... even not necessarily even grunge, but just like, all right, three chords is all you need. Yeah. And didn't need as much theory. And then, so that changed. That was, like I said, it was a slightly controlled chaos. And then, and then uh, it's gotten back into like people want to learn again and do stuff. And, yeah. But I, you can never lose that element of like, I just want to pick up guitar and play three chords and rock out. Yeah. Um, in the 80s, we lost a little bit, late 80s, we lost a little bit of that, you know. And uh, like I said, cause, cause, you know, all guitar, you did a, every store, music store was doing guitar clinics. It was filled with people and yeah. the key word was modes and yeah. all this stuff. And, <laughs> you know, and you had to be an insane technical player. And then that shifted overnight. So what that did was that it brought a voice to a whole group of different people that mm-hmm. were playing. Um, it got back to, I've always said, you can take somebody, take a high school kid and teach them three chords. That's a thousand songs and they can be popular in it, you know, yeah. in a short amount of time. And then, but then you had, uh, I was at the edge of the shred era kind of thing. You had all of the guys who were technically proficient, guys and girls who were technically proficient on their instrument and they did this stuff. But again, I think what was missing was that essence of like, it's fun, mm-hmm. it's rock and roll. Yeah. And, uh, and so Everybody that was a big part of the 80s were like, what do we do now? You know, nobody wants to hear you play a lot. And the solos were missing for a while. Yeah. And then in the early 2000s, 
guitar almost disappeared from from a lot of pop rock. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. But you I, can never kill guitar. But, it goes away and it comes right back. No, no and history is always going to repeat itself with, yeah. uh, with music. It seems like uh, there's been bands that have been going back and trying to bring like big band elements back into things. And just like, I think that band Panic at the Disco is a pretty good example of that. I'm I not think. familiar with them. Okay. Oh, Panic at the Disco? Nope. All right. Well, you're, they're, you'll be familiar. Okay. Uh, like, if you heard a song, you'd, you'd probably know it. Okay. But, um, but speaking of technicalities and everything, well, not technicality. Is that, is that what I'm meaning? Technicalities? Technical aspects, technical aspects, the technical aspects of your playing and your writing. Yes, uh, yes. So, uh, uh, tea stuff. Tea so, stuff. Uh, on on to tea stuff. Um, what would you consider, uh, or how about this? What exactly is your writing process and also your recording process? Uh, so, I have two different answers for that for each one. There was two different questions. So that's good. I have two different oh, answers oh, for each question. <laughs> Uh, for me as an artist, um, I am stimulated by sounds mm-hmm. and environment. So I travel a lot and I go to a new place and I don't necessarily write in a lot of places. I come in from my big cities, uh, it's too much stimulation, mm-hmm. but there are ideas that come and maybe uh, if I'm playing my guitar, usually when you're in a big city, everything's hustled and hustled oh, yeah. and, and uh, there's pressure and stuff. Too uh, many people. Too many people. <laughs> Even uh, and I grew up in a big city. In <laughs> uh, so I, if I'm playing and I'm at a soundtrack or something like that, uh, I'm able to, if I, if I am triggered by a new sound or something, or something that stirs up creativity, I will pull up my phone and I'll set a date, or even though it's a digital file. Mm-hmm. And I, as I get older, I'm like, and I'm starting out on the fifth fret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't lose what's going on. And then um, I'll record like a little bit of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if I'm in a place like here in in Florida, if I am at the Atlantic Center for Yards, I might actually work on a whole piece. I, I remember I was uh, visiting a friend in, in Nashville um, and it was a great place. It was quiet and stuff like that. And I wrote all, almost all of uh, Love's Last Cry on my last, on a couple of records ago in that, day of just hanging oh, out there. Wow. I did I started like let me record it on my phone, but I ended up fleshing out most of the song that way. Uh, and then when I get ready to do a record, I listen, usually I have 40, 50 ideas on the phone. And some of them you go, you listen to them, you go, Yeah, that was okay. And oh, that's somebody else's song. Or <laughs> or like that was cool. That might work. And if it stays in my head for a while, then I might go, I'm gonna work on it. And yeah. uh, and I'll, you know, then I'm in my studio and I'm working on it. Um, as far as the recording process, uh, sometimes I try to work as quickly as possible. And unfortunately, uh, in the past, digital is the quickest way to do that. Yeah. You know, open up a session and stuff like that. I have an analog console. I have a Trident Series 65 T24 I used to use all the time. Uh, I got it mainly to track drums and then I was doing other stuff. But then I think in 2018, I didn't do much stuff. I hadn't recorded any drummers or anything. Um, I didn't mix anything out of it. Uh, 2019, I wasn't home, wasn't home much at all. And 2020 happened and no, nobody was coming to the studio. Oh, yeah. so Katie came and my friend Jeannie Karen, we, I produced her record as well as Katie's. And, um, but uh, I wasn't using the board. The end of last year, not the end of last year, end of the year before. 2021. 2020, the end of 2021, I said, I want to get back into the analog thing. And um, 
and use the board. I have the board. So mm-hmm. I, that's when I sought out Audioscape yep. and got some more analog gear. And I'll go and the reason I'm telling you this is for the process of working with other people. <laughs> but oh, so um, I would just be, I have a bass close by. I have a guitar. You know, when I lived in New Mexico, I had a drum set close by. I'm not a great drummer, but I know how to edit. Oh. I can play and edit. Yep. Uh, I'm working on, on uh, fixing that whole thing now, actually, too. But uh, I have keyboards, uh, controllers. I have guitar synth controller. Mm-hmm. So I would do things like that. I have percussion instruments. I can, you know, I can play a mean shaker. Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, I got. I think I got one of those, too. It's... Uh, I think it's just I think it's just filled with salt though. Yeah, yeah, I like (laughs) things. So I'll 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 work that way. When I work with um, singer songwriters, uh, if I co-write and it's not production co-writing, or first we sit down and work on stuff, again we sit down. um, They'll be like, I I have this, but I don't have a bridge. Yeah, and so we're working. What's interesting is I still write and do most things from my gut. Mm -hmm. And then when you get stuck, the little knowledge I have of music theory is where Nat comes in. If you get stuck, it's like, oh, all right, I know what we could try and try this and try. I don't write from that perspective because I don't know if that's as interesting, at least for me. But you write from the gut, and then when your gut gets you in trouble, <laughs> you go, "Oh, I can do this. I can do that." Because you have the you have the the what connects to this and what connects to that. Yeah. And then as far as recording now, um, when I work with other artists, uh, I had always um, I had always had two channels of quality analog front end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's from the beginning. Uh, and I stepped it up. I would trade things and buy different stuff. It was all about keeping two channels because I, I record a lot of guitar stuff in stereo. And then I, I, sometimes I work with singer-songwriters that play guitar and sing at the same time. So I need to capture, you know, two good microphones, two good mic pre's. Uh, if the mic pre's had compressors, great. If they, you know, or if I had compressors and then two good channels of uh, converters. Nobody talks oh. about converters anymore. And yeah, not not a lot of people do. It was every year. It was like, oh, these yeah. converters are better back in you know. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I mean, uh, yeah. Every now and then. No, what? I got links. Aurora. Those are oh, nice. Oh yeah, he's, <laughs> those are great. Those are great. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. That that just that just messed me. <laughs> Sorry. That was the no, yeah, yeah, no, it's right, yeah. So, all right, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So now that was the writing process, and now recording. And yeah. Everything. So I had two channels, and then I got better, and then I I needed four channels, mm. and so I upgraded to that, which is you know it's at high quality. I'm talking about yeah, so high quality. And then I would always um want to like when I was when I was at home and I was tracking, if I tracked drum kit at home, mm-hmm. a drummer coming in or whatever, um, I would have to borrow high quality to keep everything at the same level of yeah. quality. So I have, a, I have a good friend, John Kurzweig. He produced Creed and Puddle of Mud. Oh, and, cool. And Godsmack. And he's got just insane, great gear. Oh. And so I could... Uh, borrow stuff from John or rent it from him and you know it depends on the kind of budget and stuff like that but at one point I was like I, I don't want I want to I don't want to keep bugging John I want to get all right, I'm going to try and bite the bullet and get like eight more mic pre's yeah. and some compressors and it's like oh that's a crazy amount of money and then on Craigslist I found someone selling the Trident 
in Santa Fe when I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I got that. I got that. And it's like, I'm all set. So now in a long way around it, I'm back to trying to mix, commit to mixing two projects a year at mm. full analog. And uh, I have six channels in my studio all set. So there's a, uh, I have a Bronner VM1 mm-hmm. microphone into the uh, Brent Everill Neve mm-hmm. into uh, uh, an Audioscape 1176F mm-hmm. and into an Audioscape uh, Opto, hmm. LA2A. And that's for the main vocal in the vocal booth. Um, that's a good chain. And then I have the, uh, yeah, I love it. And then <laughs> that's for a really a, good chain. For recording acoustic guitar, I have the Townsend, the modeling mic, and that goes straight in. And then I, I use, uh, you know, uh, UAD plugins for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works great because it's a, it's a, a one microphone that can be a come a stereo, two, two separate microphones. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's I, neat. I, I don't think I've ever messed with it. So, uh, it's cool. But. And then, um, I have a, a slate modeling mic that I don't use as a model mic uh, by my piano. It's just a great sounding microphone. Yeah, I was like, I used to use the models on it, but it, it just sounds great as a nice as a nice microphone. <laughs> um, and I have that going into a Universal Audio LA six ten, so it has a, a opto type compressor. In yeah, it. and then I have um, I have. Uh, and Avalon for the bass or for a second microphone. That's where I shoot my my live stream, my electric live stream. But mm-hmm. that's if if there's a singer standing out there, or sometimes for percussion. Mm-hmm. So I'll have uh, I have an SM7B out there for the rock singers, and I also have a um, a U87 out there as well. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I have um, what am I missing? Oh, and I have a uh, oh those are going into two uh, Heritage Audio. Neves. Oh, cool. And into two distressors. And, uh, but I was just, uh, I was just talking with, talking a little while ago about, um, I might want to get another Opto. Yeah. I think I want to get an Opto. So that's like, that's on your, that's on your bucket list. Is that your resolution for this year? I think, (laughs) I think that might be. Yeah. That might be. Get an Opto. I can't tell you when I got the Opto, I think I sent you a a message when I got the, uh, the, the Audioscape Opto. Um, I just wanted to check it out. So the quickest way for me to check it out, since I sing horribly, <laughs> is uh, I plugged a, 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 a Godin a acoustic guitar into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, well, this sounds amazing. And I just kept twisting and turning. Sorry. I was like, this sounds amazing. And it's, then it's uh, Katie came over and my friend Wade came over and they sang into it. I'm like, and that helped me realize what I love about analog. Um, I mean, technology today is good. The yeah. Digital technology is great. What a bigger difference is, is when you work on a plugin, you have the mouse and you, you change, you, you move things around. When you have analog, and I love analog that has simple controls. Mm-hmm. You take your right hand, <laughs> you, you take your hands on the knobs. You have your hands on both the knobs and you find sounds by going like this. Mm-hmm. And you do extremes. Right, because you can put it back mm-hmm. instantly. Yeah, you can't do that with a mouse. You kind of go turn no. one knob, then go to the other one, and you go, "Oh no, that's the stuff right." Then you, but you're, when your hands are there, you're automatically compensating. Yeah. you know, you you, you squeeze, you bring up the compression and it lowers the volume, so you turn the volume up, the gain up a little bit, or back and forth. And 
I think like, yeah, one of my favorite things about just analog gear in general is that it's like immediate results that you yes. just hear like immediately. And, yeah. and also you don't have to worry about, um, getting the, um, the, uh, the beach ball of death. Um, so you don't have to worry about getting that either. So, and if you're just doing directly into a computer, uh-huh. you do run that risk of that computer failing. Yeah. On you. Yeah. So you there's so many other factors. You should have beach balls at What, uh, audio skates, uh, just, audio escape beach balls? Just get beach balls and it's uh, people I, like, go oh, check it out. Go, hold on a second. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Spinning beach ball. Uh, you know what? That actually, that's not a bad idea. I got it. I gotta pitch this. All right, like well, we are looking for new merch ideas, so this that actually works. I mean, like you got yo-yos, so yo-yos. I mean, like we 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 would never have thought of yo-yos. So, um, but so now that we've gotten through like how your recording and everything is, mm-hmm. what are some tips that you have for solo acts that are trying to do everything themselves? Because you do a lot on your own. Uh, if you're working solo, you utilize some templates, not other people's templates, but templates for you create templates, how you work. Yeah. Um, one of the hardest things is when you're working by yourself is that you're changing sides of the brain. You're going from the technical side to the creative side, technical side, creative side. Mm. And how fa- the more you do it, the faster you can you get it switching. But your, your creative side goes, I got this great idea for a song or part. And you go, okay, I got to record it. And that you shut that side of, the brown, side of the brain down for a second. Mm-hmm. And the other side of the brain starts up and goes, oh, you want to record that? Okay, so <laughs> open the file. And then, oh, wait, you forgot to move the microphone. Is the phantom power on oh, and all this stuff and uh, what what's the input channel and is the you know this and then and it goes okay I think we're ready to go and it shuts down and your creative side goes really it took that long I don't remember what I was going to play now uh, yeah that's so <laughs> uh, if you have templates you you go I have this idea for a song or or part or whatever um, open a template find a track that's already labeled mm-hmm. hit the record button. And start instead of having to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. And then, um, and templates, I mean, put as much stuff in your template as possible. Don't, don't force your creativity, but like I have, uh, so as as far as in Pro Tools, I have um, Superior Drummer 3 Mm -hmm. and I made a house drum kit as if I was back in my studio and had one drum kit and Mm -hmm. two snare drums. So that's the same kit. I can change it later on in the mix if I want, or I can hire someone to play real drums or want to mic it up. But I treat it as if that's a drum kit. I'm not going to go spending uh, minutes, hours searching to, is this the right drum kit? You don't know that. But if you were in a studio and you had a drum kit, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. be going, is this this the right drum kit? You track the drums. Maybe you might go, I'm going to, I have an extreme, two different extreme snare drums. So. Call that up. Yeah, this is the right snare drum. It's a ballad snare drum or it's a tight, funky snare drum, whatever. Uh, I have an organ instrument track, and it's got just an organ patch that I like. It might not be the right one, but it's a starting point. Yeah. I have a piano, mm-hmm. and I have a piano in my room. Um, but I have a piano track there with the piano say It's the house piano sound. Ooh. And I can change that later on. That's a cool, you know, yeah. today's technology. Um, 
percussion instruments. And so, so I have virtual percussion instruments set up. I have my real percussion instruments. So if I'm tracking guitar and I go, I need shaker just to start, I'm not going to go record a shaker. I'm going to record, I'm going to paste and copy and paste and, and yeah. put a shaker track. Later on, I'll go, all right, I know what the breaks are, so I'm going to go replace that or add to it with a real shaker. I have a couple of, I have a bean from Mexico. Ooh. I have a couple of different shakers. That's when I'm going to figure do out you, what's the right one. Do you have the fish? Like, I don't have a fish. Like, I'm not good at that. Yeah. It takes talent to play. Yeah, one of those? You don't have one of those? I have a from, friend, Monette Marino, great percussionist. She can, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to die. I'm going to take lessons. I mean, I mean, I mean, when the pandemic started, I taught myself how to play drums. Well, cool. taught myself, like, I don't know. I just sat there. Mm-hmm. watching videos mm-hmm. and just went from there because I am not good at programming drums. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've tried. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but that's why I send all my stuff to Justin. Okay. I'll put down the most basic beat. I know it's nothing that it's going to sound like. Yeah. And okay. then I just send it to him and okay. then uh, I just go, do your magic. So, but the, the, but the thing is to not get, you don't get hung up. Well, see, I, I get, I get caught up a lot because like, I do a lot of stuff solo as well. Um, like I'm trying to get back into doing the whole band thing, uh, like a legit band, not uh, like, I mean, the other band's a legit band too. But I mean, one that sounds like what I sound like inside, I guess. Okay. Just something that's a expression of myself. Okay. But, um, and others. But uh, yeah, when it, when it comes to me doing a solo recording, like, like I was saying, like as yourself, um, I have gotten into habits of <laughs> wanting to find the perfect sound first, like what I hear in my head and trying okay. to find that sound, whether it be a drum sound or whatever. And next thing I know, it's been two hours. It's a the, I- the idea that I thought I had is gone and... I just wasted two hours. It's a slippery trying slope. Trying to find a sound. I would say to you, because I did, I taught uh, recording techniques in production at the College of Santa Fe years ago, and I was trying to get my my goal was to get my students um, to be able to do a demo, yeah, from start to finish to mix in forty five minutes. You wow. can always go back and change stuff. It's a demo. Right? You did a demo, and we have the ability now to record a demo and then go, all right, this is the right vibe, stuff like that. Let me let me find the right, for the mix now, let me find the right drum set mm. sound. Let me find the right piano sound. So there are things that are key elements to, um, to making the sound of the song. Again, you would put that in your template, you know, your choices in your favorites folder for, your, for synthesizers. But I would say focus on whatever your main instrument. If guitar is your main instrument, then you want to try and get the right sound from the start. Yeah. Everything else is support at start. So you can only, you should try and focus on your main instrument that's part of your sound. You're also developing your sound, who you are. Yeah. So as a, if you're a guitar player, your guitar sound is a key element in that. Of right? course, yeah. But drum sound is not. No, it's, yeah. So again, uh, you have to go, is it an acoustic sounding kit? Is it a, a electronic sounding set kit? Um, is it a metal kit or a rock kit? So if you're writing mostly rock stuff and mm-hmm. it's more of an organic thing, then find a great uh, acoustic drum kit in your library 
and make that your starting point. You can always change that later. You shouldn't get stuck on that. Yeah. All right. Just, but you just could, get the tempo and then just keep that. Yeah. And especially if you're sending it off to someone else to, to do. Like, yeah. I, I sent it off to yeah. Justin because he's just, uh, yeah. he's like a god with the great doing the programming and everything. Plus, I told him, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm kind of going, I'm, I'm kind of breaking away from the genre that I've been so comfortable with. Okay. So, and yeah. he's been a he's been a big help with it. So I mean, That's like it's great. been it's been great. It's good to have those kinds of people in your life. Though. Absolutely, so, absolutely. And, but yeah, whenever it, it's just like I said, it's just uh, getting getting into the flow. Also, I'll find myself getting bored when I'm like sometimes like if. I, but then again, that might just go with feeling uninspired, but trying to force something. Okay. And so I'll sit there and be like, oh, maybe I won't start this on guitar this time, even though guitar is my main instrument. Um, Come and, with your strengths. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning that. Come like, with your strengths. I'm, I'm learning that. It's taken yeah. me 34 years, but I'm, like I am learning it. On your 10th record, you go, you know what? I'm not going to start this on the movie. No, well, I got to start the first one yeah. first. <laughs> so right now, roll with your strengths. The guitar's your strength, roll with it. All right, then I'm not breaking away from punk rock anytime soon. <laughs> but no, but uh, I'll have to play you what uh, Justin and I are kind of cooking up right now. And but, I'm sorry, in, it's, in it's the good. same thing. So you can... Get the song down with guitar. Yeah. Right? And then add it's it a demo. Else. Yeah. And then, then once you have the song go, this is the structure, this is the melody, mm -hmm. this is what I want, but I want to start it with a keyboard. Now you can go, now that you have the song fleshed out, you okay. can go back and listen to, you can, you know, sit there and try, because you, if, you if you have a digital workstation, you got to have a minimum of like 5,000 Keyboard sounds. Uh, Everyone uh, have, uh, comes with stuff, and then oh. you buy things. So then you can sit there and just dig out. Is that right sound? No. Is this the right sound? No. Is this the right sound? You can sit there uh, changing sounds. I, you can't do that when you're trying to get it started because uh, you won't get started. I, I've also been doing this new exercise, like when it comes like to like for writing and everything, because of just being uh, by myself, is just have the guitar holding it. Put something on, watch something, and then <laughs> see what comes out of you. Okay. By that, not be, just don't don't be influenced by something or think that you have to sound a certain way or right. whatever. Like, it's just uh, obviously if it's your strengths, then yeah, stick with your strengths. But yeah. uh, which I I still need to learn. Uh, but that's why I talk to you and other very talented people who have figured that out. Where as I may still be figuring it out. Which is always good, but um, so uh, oh, he's just taking photos. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know what's going on. This is the most unprofessional podcast. I don't know if you know that. And like, we're very professional, actually. We have people crawl on the ground and hand us notes <laughs> out of frame. <laughs> but um, do do we pose for a photo? You want to pose for a photo? So, can you but, text me someone else? Just a couple. Yeah. So, um, well, uh, all right. So, any other tips that you have for anybody, or is that like that's basically like the groundwork? Um, yeah. Try not to get stuck. Uh, practice switching back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, the uh, two sides of the brain. Um, this is not something necessarily for beginners, but I, I, I was explaining to Justin earlier that I learned something. I played with uh, Stuart Copeland for a minute, and um, 
we were at his studio and we trio tracked some stuff and he decided he wanted to do some percussion overdubs on, on things. And he was looking for his in-ears. He was like, where are my in-ears? And we're like, why is he looking for his in-ears? And he was <laughs> looking for his in-ear monitors, you know, yeah. wireless in-ears. Like what? And so he found them, he put them on. He already had a mix coming out to them. Mm. And he walked around in the room and he had a little remote on his phone and he tracked percussion. He could go anywhere in the studio and track because he was monitoring. Oh, wow. And I was like, that is genius. And I, I've been doing that since. Oh, really? I've been doing that since, even though I'm in a small room. But you know, when you're... When you're um, At least you don't got to go far. <laughs> it's not far. But like if I, if I was recording you playing acoustic guitar, so I have mm-hmm. microphones around you and stuff like that, uh, if I want to check for phase and stuff like that and see if I can find the right sound, the right spot for the microphone to sound, I either have to have headphones and a long cable and I'm walking around and hopefully not knocking anything over with the cable. Yeah. Or I go, give me your headphones for a minute so I can listen. <laughs> and that's what you do. You go, let me, let me see your headphones because I'm standing over there. I'm not by my board or yeah. anything. And I can't have the speakers on because I got the microphones live. What? So by having, the, you know, they're not for necessarily critical mm. listening, but I can hear phase. You know, yeah. I can hear what, oh, yeah, this sounds good. And, yeah, it might be good. This might be too bright, but, I, you know, it could also be the, the, uh, the, the wireless pack and stuff like that. But I can move the microphone and go, oh, yeah, this is the spot. This is the spot. And um, so it's great for that. Well, I mean, so Stuart Copeland taught you something new? Absolutely. So that's awesome. It's also it was a trip playing with Stuart, Stuart Copeland. Copeland. Stuart, it was also a trip playing with Stuart Copeland because every time you hit a splash symbol, you're like, oh, my God. It's like no one else had ever split it, hit, a, hit a splash symbol before. Because oh. he was amazing. It's just, I, just remember, I think it's Stuart with the splash symbols. Oh, oh my goodness. I would, I would have loved to have been in that room just to watch it all go down. I'd like to be back in that room. <laughs> Stuart, you heard him. He wants to be back in that room. Hey, Stuart. He's doing, uh, he's doing the, police, the police deranged now. The police Which, deranged? Yeah, he rearranged uh, police, classic police songs. They're all classic. Oh. Uh, for orchestra. Oh, he's playing that is orchestra. so cool. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what is it? Every, everything she does is magic? I would love to hear that, like an <laughs> orchestral version. That's a good song. I'm sorry. That's a really good song. But all their songs are really good. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like we have a live performance coming from uh, you and also Katie Martin. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we, I, we've we seen you guys perform before. We've always been in awe ever since. So it's going to be a blast seeing you again cool. doing this. Um, do you, uh, Where can people check you out? Like- well, LarryMitchell.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a live stream, two live streams a week. I do an acoustic live, acoustic guitar-based live stream mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock and an electric guitar live stream on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock p.m., Eastern time p.m., Eastern Standard Time p.m. And, uh, and they're both on Twitch every week. Nice. Um, Not just for gaming. Not just for gaming. Uh, Twitch, and um, it's uh, twitch.tv slash Mr. Larry Mitchell, M-R-L-A-R-Y-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. And occasionally I go back and do it all on, uh, I do specials, um, like I just did my New Year's Eve and Christmas special, which Katie was on the New Year's Eve special. Katie Katie was on both, actually. Oh, okay. Um, On uh, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook at the same time. But pretty much... Every week is on on Twitch. All right, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm not on Facebook, so I never know what 
what's going on. Uh, but it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Instagram, that's where we go. But um, all right. Well, all right. So I got one more question for you. Sure. Um, since last time we talked, have you seen a ghost? Have I seen a ghost? Or an alien or a UFO? Have uh, you seen anything crazy? I might have seen a ghost too. Well, yesterday, um, the lights were flickering in my cottage that I'm, I'm in at the ACA. It was oh. a little interesting. And today, um, I had one of those weird dreams where uh, I think Katie called it uh, dream paralysis. Where oh, where you couldn't move? I was in a dream. I wanted to get up and I could not get up. Yep. And I was screaming. I heard in my dream, I was in the bed in the cottage and I heard someone come in and was in the kitchen. Oh. Um, and I was screaming to myself, get up get up and see what's going on. And I, I, it was really hard for me to get up. I could not move. Finally, I got up and I looked and there was nobody in the kitchen, but it was really, it was Ooh. a creepy dream. Well, I'm glad that you're here now. I got a question for you. you. Okay. Have you seen any gators lately? Have I seen any gators lately? <laughs> Dude, we just had a, we had a hurricane. Yeah, I've I know. Seen, I've seen some gators. <laughs> Ooh, that's a little scary. I've seen some gators, man. You know, you got some, they're, they're around there. If you walk out back of this place, oh, there's probably a gator I wanna, back there. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Well, his know. name's Gerald. He's just going to, he's, he's cool. He's, he's just, he's like, he's like, get out of me swamp. And you're just like, stop. You're not Shrek. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, it's been great seeing you again, but I am uh, now gonna, uh, let, we'll, let's wrap this up and then let's, uh, get, uh, you and Katie, uh, awesome. all set up and, uh, let's have a blast. Cool. Thank you. So, Thanks for having me on now. Thank you, Larry. Yeah. So. Peace, I guess. Is that what we do? Is that what we're doing? There's no sign off. Do I do a sign off? Is that what That's we do? This is the sign off. We're doing it right now. We're just waving. Right. Sign off wave. Peace. peace. See you at NAM. Vulcan peace. Vul oh. <laughs>